and welcome to From the Mezzanine. I'm your host, Lindsay Stone, and let's get into this week's episode. Celebrate good times, come on! I'm singing because it is the anniversary of From the Mezzanine! Woohoo! Pop the champagne, set off the fireworks. There are many reasons to celebrate. I cannot believe that it has been one year of FTM. Like, oh my God, just to think of where I was last summer. So whenever I started this, oh, here we go. Back to the backstory again. I know I love to talk about how it all started, but I had thought about this concept for so so long. I had bounced the idea off of quite a few people. Everybody was pretty into it. Yeah, it's a good idea. It'll be fun. And honestly, at the end of the day, your girl just needed an outlet somewhere that she could shout into the void and voice her opinions and still feel connected to the community that I'm no longer a part of really, since I don't do acting and theater anymore. I still have such like a love for it and an affinity for it. And I'm still so involved and taken by everything that's happening in the Broadway world, as I know that a lot of you are too. And so I wanted to have this podcast to be an outlet for myself because I so desperately needed it. But I knew if I was feeling that way, there are definitely other people out there like you who are listening, who were feeling something similar, something that you needed some sort of interest in this community that you care about so much, even if you're not an active member of like being on stage and something. So that is why I started From the Mezzanine. That's why it's called From the Mezzanine because allow me to reiterate that this is a show for the Broadway fans, for the fans who are obsessed with all of the stars on a Broadway stage and love these shows so dearly. And this is just a place where we can fangirl and have fun together and learn together about the community that we love so much. And one year ago is when it all came to fruition, when it all came true, whenever I finally started the episodes. And whenever I started, I rolled it out on July 4th. So I always remember the anniversary date is July 4th. But whenever I rolled it out, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that, like, my voice was on Spotify. I couldn't believe that it was, like, so accessible for everybody. I instantly, like, so to peel back the curtain, (laughs) to peel back the curtain for you guys just a little bit about how, like, putting together a podcast works, you have to upload it to, like, a podcast host site, and then that site will put it out to all of the streamers. So I didn't know how it was all going to work, and it kind of tells you you can select, like, a day and a time to upload it, which is what I do every Tuesday, obviously. Um, I have them go up at 5 a.m. Texas time, but now I guess they'll go up at 4 a.m., so I'll need to keep that in mind. Um for New York time. Nothing will change on y'all's end whenever I make this move. No worries. But um, I just like instantly uploaded it and like put it out there. I didn't like put any forethought into when I was going to upload. I thought of, I did the research of, okay, Tuesdays are a really good day. Um, I don't know why. I guess, I guess, I don't know why it's a good day, but it advertised online that Tuesday's a really good day to uh, put up your podcast. And then it also said early in the morning. But at that point, I would just put it up there and put it out there. And like, that was that. I was like, okay, ta-da, everybody, I started a podcast. Big news. Um, And then I figured it out as I went along and I've continued to do so ever since. I've gone on so many vacations, so many trips, and I've never, ever missed a week. And I still can't believe it, but I am so devoted to this podcast and I hope that you guys feel that from me. 
I know that we've been not doing the story from the stages anymore. We will catch back up on those. Don't you worry. But I know that the view and the listening experience of FTM has changed a little bit since our very humble beginnings one year ago. Um, but I definitely plan on revisiting the story from the stages because I love researching and learning about all these shows that we just adore and then the theaters we adore, the actors we adore, that kind of thing. Um, but if you're a new listener, yeah, we have story from the stages. That's the typical format of an FTM episode. We do Broadway grosses to see how the Broadway shows are doing in the ranks week to week. Then we jump into Broadway news and then we typically do a story from the stage. They have been lacking because I have been packing. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, do you want to cut that? Uh, because that was a pretty good rhyme right there. But uh, yes, I have been packing and we are all packed up. And the day this comes out, I will be moving into my apartment, which is so surreal. Like, oh, it's just a matter of a few days. I'm, I'm excited, but right now I'm so overwhelmed. And our entire apartment is completely empty, completely packed away. So I am podcasting from our closet. And the current setup, let's uh, compare it to last week's setup, which was pretty bad too. I had the mic balancing on like an uh, air mattress box. Right now, I have a turned over um, blanket basket that the microphone is balancing on, and I'm sitting on two pillows on the floor, and the computer is far, far away. But I needed to do it in the closet because now we have like literally no furniture or anything to absorb any sound. So sound quality for the win. Hopefully it sounds good on y'all's end. But that just goes to show how devoted I am to this podcast and putting it out every single week for you guys and how much I love doing it. I just want to say thank you. To each and every one of my listeners, we started out FTM covering Wicked. That was my very first episode, Wicked. I was like, I got to start it out with a bang, and by golly it was. And I have never gone back and listened to Wicked because I'm so, like, cringe. Some of my episodes I love listening to over and over, like Broadway Favorites. That was one of my favorite episodes that we did because it was it was me and Alex together, and it was so much fun. Um, and it was funny, and we just got to, like, go on and on about why we love the things that we are obsessed with on Broadway. So if you haven't listened to that episode, circle back and go listen to Broadway Favorites. It was probably, if I could guess, in like the 20s. Um, it's crazy that now we're at episode 52. Holy cow. But yeah, I haven't ever gone back and listened to my early episodes because I would be so like, eek, so cringe. I, I don't know. Like, is it good? <laughs> I don't know if it's any good. That one, I just kind of had to get it out there. I remember doing the research for it and I was like, crap, this is actually really really tedious. I wasn't expecting it to be this crazy, but that was my first taste of like what it's like. And then right after Wicked, we went on to covering some flops and I did Carrie the Musical of all things, which that was really fun. And now I love Carrie the Musical, but I feel like that was such a random second episode. And I think that you guys thought the same thing because Wicked came out with a bang and that episode did really well. And then Carrie the Musical is like minor pullback. And we're like, wait, what? I thought she was going to be doing like super relevant stuff, which Carrie the Musical is super relevant, and now people like it a lot. It's kind of, like, resurfaced in the pop culture scene, um, but it, it definitely was a, a choice, but we've also covered Spider-Man in terms of flops. Alex covered that one, so she stepped in there. We did the history of the Great White Way in terms of the history of Radio City Music Hall, and oh my gosh, the Haunted Belasco, which brings me to all of our holiday episodes that we did, like Beetlejuice during Halloween and Elf the Musical at Christmas, so fun. And I never even listened to Beetlejuice the Musical before I did that episode, and now I love it. Hey, mom, den mom, I need a little help here. That's my new favorite karaoke song, I cannot lie. 
Not to mention, okay, we talked about stories from the stage, not to mention all of the wild news stories from the past year, like finding out that Leah Michelle would step into her dream role as Fanny Bryce. That was huge. Hamilton being ripped off by a Texas church. You cannot shake that. You cannot get that out of your head, no matter how much you try. The fact that this Texas church redid Hamilton, but rewrote the songs to fit their format major yikes. (laughs) And then another big news story that Netflix was planning on suing Bridgerton the Musical. I can't, I don't think they actually went through with it because I think Bridgerton the Musical kind of stepped back. But that was a wild time. We've had a lot of crazy news stories this past year to talk about. I feel like right now, after the Tonys, it's a little bit of a lull in terms of news stories. Don't worry, we've got them later on. But there are some huge things that happen season through season that are just, that stand out from the rest. I feel like these are some like really obscure, random, but big news stories. It's funny what the Broadway community like latches on to and makes the biggest deal ever. But this year we have also sadly lost some Broadway icons, Olivia Newton-John and Angela Lansbury. Overall, it has been so great to be bringing FTM to you guys each and every single week, but I did not I certainly have not been doing it alone. As y'all know, Alex, my part-time co-host, has helped me out time and time again every other week practically sometimes and she's been so helpful and she has been a huge huge factor of FTM and definitely helped me out on weeks whenever I'm super duper busy and I can't get it out I just ask her hey can you be on this week that way that you know we'll have an episode to go out and we can bounce off of each other and she's always so happy to do so and so thank you so much Alex for helping out with FTM and don't you guys worry she will definitely we will find a way to get her on the podcast even whenever I'm in New York Um, and we are no longer roommates slash, well, we'll still be best friends, but no longer roommates. She will still come onto the show. Y'all might have to talk her into it, but I I, I bet we can. Also, I want to give a major shout out to my wonderful, incredible, talented, and amazing boyfriend, Reed, who edits this podcast every single week. No matter what, no matter our schedules, no matter what, he always sets aside the time to edit this podcast. Sometimes it means that he is staying up until 1 or 2 a.m. to get it done for me. Oh, Reed, I love you. Thank you so much for getting this podcast out and helping me out every single week. I, it takes a, it really takes a village to get this thing out there. I also want to give a little shout out to my sister Kaylee, who has also helped me out with podcast episodes from time to time. She was a huge proponent of getting FTM off of the ground. I believe she came up with the name. Her and Alex kind of go back and forth on who came up with the name, but I think Kaylee came up with it, and obviously I love it. Thank you, Kaylee, for your help, for helping me out on some content for some episodes, and then obviously helping me out with FTM. She was super helpful with putting together the logo and all of those things that were very preliminary that you kind of need to get some feedback on. So it, it hasn't just been me behind the mic that's putting this out week to week, and thank God for that. I would not be able to do it alone. And lastly, but certainly not least, thank you guys so much to my listeners. Whether you started listening a week ago or you have been there from episode one, one year ago, and I know some of you have been, thank you so much. FTM would not be the success that it is if it wasn't for you, and I wouldn't be here. I may have not felt like it had the momentum that it needed to have to continue putting these out week by week if you guys weren't motivating me and keeping me interested and sending me articles to talk about and sending me messages. Thank you guys so much. It means the world to me that you listen to FTM. This thing is is my heart. Like this is my hobby. This is my outlet. And I wouldn't be able to have that without you guys. So thank you so much for listening. 
And I think with that, let's head into our Broadway grosses. So we did not have the surprise that I thought that we would have last week with the impact of the Tony Awards on the Broadway grosses. And I was super shook about that. I definitely figured that Kimberly Akimbo would have been at the top. Not, not, not even top 10, but definitely not the last musical in the ranks. So let's see how everything is stacking up this week on Broadway grosses. Lion King is first. Wicked is second. Hamilton is third. Sweeney Todd bumped down to fourth. MJ the Musical is 5th, Aladdin is 6th, Funny Girl is 7th, that means Leah is back, Harry Potter is 8th, and Juliet is 9th, Parade is 10th, Moulin Rouge is 11. Why? Why is Moulin Rouge 11? It's always been 7. Prima Fossey is right behind Moulin Rouge at number 12, and then Leopoldstadt is 13. New York, New York has severely bumped down. They're at the bottom of the ranks. Holy cow, guys. This is wild stuff. Okay, so now I'm going to go from, like, the bottom of the ranks up because it's important to know these things. So, Gray House is at the bottom of the ranks. They only have just a little bit over 50% capacity. That's really crazy because they're a really unique play. This is like the play that is on Broadway right now that I am dying to see. It's a horror play. We've talked about it a few times, but I plan on seeing this for my birthday. Reed, have you gotten tickets? Um, but I, this is what I want to see. So I'm surprised that it's at the very bottom and that it only has half capacity. I guess it might not be that good. And then Life of Pi is right above it, which Life of Pi just announced that they are moving up their closing. So if you want to go see it, you got to go stat because... I'm guessing, considering they're at the bottom of the grosses, they're not being able to fill seats, and so that's probably why they're closing early. And then Fat Ham is just above that, and then Chicago. Chicago is seconds away from going off-Broadway. I mean, it really, it's really crazy. Um, and then Here Lies Love is the next musical, but they're in their previews, so it doesn't really count. Um, and then, let's see, then uh, Peter Pan, Once Upon a One More Time, and then Town. Town is only doing a little bit better than Once Upon a One More Time. That's crazy. And then Camelot is above Town, and then Kimberly Akimbo is above Camelot. And then Shucked, and then New York, New York. Oh, wow. These Broadway grosses have me shook. I cannot believe that Parade and Angelia have beat out Moulin Rouge. I'm not mad about it. They need to have their time in the sun. I believe that that's probably the result of the Tony Awards right there. Maybe people last week, they already had their ticket spot. So this week now that we're reporting on is like the effect of the Tonys because that makes a lot of sense because yes, Parade should be pushed up and so should Angeliette. I knew after Angeliette's performance at the Tonys that they would get bumped up and that they would do really well because you could just see through that performance that it was a really fun energetic and just appropriate and adrenaline inducing show it looked really really awesome and I thought that they did a great performance so I think that this is a direct effect from that and I am surprised though that Sweeney isn't higher considering their killer performance literally um but yeah okay this is interesting I'm not mad that Moulin Rouge is out of the top 10 because I think it's really good for Angelia and Parade to be up there Moulin Rouge is doing literally fine but I am surprised that some like it hot isn't bumped up more either considering their Tony Award performance but a lot of people thought it was a sweep and it didn't go home with many so whatever it makes sense the biggest shock is that our best Broadway show is at the bottom of the ranks but like I mentioned last week and it's important to reiterate that Kimberly Akimbo is in a smaller theater so they're not exactly going to stack up the way that everything else does okay well there are your Broadway grosses for this past week. 
very interesting news. We love to see it, I guess. In our news stories of this week, we found out who our new Christian for Moulin Rouge is going to be following Derek Kleena's departure. It is, drumroll please, Casey Cott. Now, you might know Casey Cott from Riverdale. That is literally the only way that I knew him. He played Kevin Keller. He was a pretty big role on it, but I had no idea that he was in the Broadway space. I didn't know that he sang. I watched Riverdale's first probably about three seasons, and I know that they just ended like the entire show, and so I'm guessing that's why he's making this move to Broadway, but he has been on Broadway adjacent before. He was in the Kennedy Center performance of The Who's Tommy, and so I tracked down some videos of that. I did all of my research because I was like, I've got to know who this guy is and if he can sing who is filling Christian's shoes. If you don't know, I was not the biggest fan of Derek Kleena's performance. I felt like he did not connect with the character in a very sincere, playful, naive, bohemian way. I, I didn't feel like he brought much to the character other than a gorgeous face and beautiful, beautiful vocals. Didn't care for his character development, period. But I think that Casey Cott might do it more to my liking because I've watched a lot of his videos and he seems like he's really playful. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He's got the vocals. He's fine in that department. It's nothing that's like astonishing, but I will say I was listening to one of his videos and I was just like listening to it on my laptop through the apartment and Alex was like, oh yeah, I love listening to Aaron Tveit. And I was like, this is not Aaron Tveit. And she was like, what? And I was like, listen. She's like, no, that sounds like Aaron Tveit. It's like, nope, it's Casey Cott. That was hilarious. I was like, okay, well, I guess he can fit into the shoes. If to the blind eye, he sounds like Aaron Tveit. But I definitely want to point out the fact that if somebody looks at all of the Christians next to each other, it is literally copy and paste brunette white man. Like, it's like looking at the hall of our presidents for the first, what, 100 years? I'm sorry, I'm not good at history. But it is copy and paste I literally can't even believe we haven't had a slight difference in these men. Like, they, they are all great performers, great actors. I don't want to bag them on that. But we've got to get some diversity in this role. Let's please not have another Glinda incident where we have the first black Glinda. Okay, it, was, it came out in 2003, and we had the first black Glinda, I think, in 2022. So in nearly 20 years, we had the first black Glinda. Like, this cannot be happening. This is ridiculous. We need to see diversity in all roles across the board. And I think they've done a really good job of doing that with Satine. But we need to do it with Christian as well. I don't care if he looks like the guy in the movie. It needs to just be a diverse cast of characters, period. So I hope, I think it's almost comedic at this point. They had copy and paste Aaron Tveit, Derek Kalina. That was the obvious choice. Now, Casey Cott, I don't think any of us were assuming that it would be him. Um, he's not like a huge Broadway icon, although he's well known due to his time on Riverdale. And he's also sang at 54 Below and then did the Kennedy Center thing. But he's he wasn't the obvious choice like I thought Derek Kalina was. So hopefully after Casey Cott leaves, we will bring some diversity to this role because it's about time, I would say. Saying all of that, I definitely still want to go and see him because after I watched some of his videos, there's this video on YouTube, I'll put it in my show notes, of him singing this medley of Greatest Showman. Now, it's not the best quality video. It's kind of like a concert video, shaky. Um, but 
he does have a lot of fun in the video and he's on stage. He's got a good stage presence and I think it's going to translate well into Christian. I really do. And he's probably, I would think, an actor first and then he wants to be like a performer and singer. So I think if he brings that element, he'll be very successful. What I'm trying to say is I hope he really looks at Aaron Tveit's performance and John Cardoza's performance, who is on the national tour right now, and takes some notes because... They played the role very, very well. Or I simply hope that he makes the role his own. But it needs to have some character development behind it, and it need, he needs to have a personality. Christian is a bohemian. He is not some stiff, operatic man. I'm sorry. It had to be said. So we got our Christian. It wasn't what I was expecting. Um, but I guess we'll see how it goes, and I'm hopeful. I, I think that he'll be fine. So Casey is going to be taking the Broadway stage on August 1st, and it is known that it is a limited engagement, so we already have an end date on it for December 3rd. So it's a pretty good stint, so if you want to go and see him, you should have time if you're planning a trip to New York or if you live in the area. So then also, Courtney Reed is going to be stepping into the role of Satine also on August 1st, and she was the Satine on the national tour. I did not see her as Satine. I saw her understudy, who I loved, but Courtney Reed seems like she is probably really good. The people I know who have seen or said that she was great um, but that also means that Derek Kleena and Jojo will be taking their final bow on July 30th so if you want to see them definitely get in that theater before July 30th okay folks exciting news we have our Christian we can stop guessing stop speculating because y'all know that I was in other Broadway news, we have the Jimmy Awards this week, and I hope that y'all have been as obsessed with watching the videos as I was. It was so fun. I've watched videos here and there from the Jimmy Awards, but I haven't actually, like, been super involved, and I've been seeing it all over my TikTok, and so then today, me and Alex sat on the couch, and we watched so many of the videos, especially the Broadway medleys. Those were so much fun. I love that. I'm so glad that I did not know about the Jimmys when I was in high school because it would have set very unrealistic standards for what I could have accomplished. Um, but they have some serious talent, obviously. And our winners, oh my gosh, the winners have my heart. Langston Lee, he's from Austin. He was so good. In his Broadway medley, he did Dimitri. His voice is like butter. His voice is like my perfect Broadway man voice. Like, he's got the perfect amount of riffs and whines and melodic tone. It is really, it is really beautiful. And once he starts singing, you're like, uh, yeah, he, his voice is perfect for Broadway right now. Like, put him on a stage, put him in any role. He will be fine, and he will be the best one on the stage. And I'm really happy that he's a Texan native. Way to go, Langston. And then our other winner is Lauren A. Marchin. So way to go to her. She had a very, very, very powerful voice. I didn't know. What was the song that she soloed? I can't remember right now. I don't think I knew either of the songs that they soloed, but she sang Let It Go in, their, in her Broadway medley. I mean, she didn't, she did not miss, miss a beat. She opens her mouth and she makes it look so freaking natural. She's let it go. Like, oh my Lord. Yeah. Not me trying to like imitate what she did, but like she, she is just very, very natural. She doesn't look like she has to put forth a ton of effort in order to get that sound out of her pipes, which is very, 
very impressive. That's always my favorite kind of singer is whenever it doesn't look like they're having to strain their voice or work too hard. Like, just make it look easy, and not everybody can do that. But these two people definitely did. So congratulations to our Jimmy's winners. If you haven't seen the opening video, I will put it in the show links below because you have to go watch. I didn't know that they, like, sample all of the songs that are on Broadway currently, so it's really, really fun. You bet that they have Shucked in there. They have Six in there. They have, like, every... Obviously, they have every single show. It's really, really fun. Um, so definitely watch that video and if you didn't know what the Jimmy Awards are I guess I should have prefaced this they're a high school musical theater awards show um so it's all of these the the cream of the crop musical theater kids from each high school I guess I don't know how like the technicalities work but they're all of like high school age or maybe they're graduating seniors and uh they are all competing and they all do a solo they do a Broadway medley and then they participate in like the intro and outro and then the awards are given so it's very exciting it's very fun it's very fun to watch all of the videos especially the Broadway medleys when they are in full costume it is huh Larry's because there was one Broadway medley that I was like I freaking wish that I was in this group for Broadway medleys because they had the craziest cast of characters they had like Motormouth Mabel from Hairspray they had the Beast they had Fanny Bryce they had uh Lola from Kinky Boots it was so freaking random and it was so hilarious like all of the craziest costumes in one group it was really fun but anyways Jimmy Awards big deal in the Broadway community for sure and congratulations to these two winners because I am so excited to go and see Langston on Broadway soon he was so good his voice was just beautiful so looking forward to what they do with their future careers because they have certainly got some job security after winning that Jimmy Award well, I don't want to end the podcast too soon, guys, but I guess that is all we have to talk about for our anniversary of From the Mezzanine. We touched on news, Broadway grosses, all the things, no story from the stage this week because um, I am literally moving to New York as we speak. When you are hearing this, if you are listening the first day it comes out, Tuesday, I uh, am moving in right now. So please put your blessings, send good vibes, say your prayers for my boyfriend and I that we get everything up our fourth floor apartment because it is going to be crazy but we are excited and uh, we're also road tripping across the entire country so yes please pray for safe travels because it's gonna be a long long drive to the big apple baby Okay, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of From the Mezzanine. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star review. Y'all are leaving them, and I'm loving them, so please continue to do so. In addition to that, please share this episode with any of your theater-loving friends. I think that they'll enjoy it, don't you? You can find all of my social media channels down in the show notes below, and I think that is all for our anniversary episode of From the Mezzanine. Woo! Okay, guys, see you next Tuesday. Bye!